Now I'm just doing this to torture you. We're expecting Dr. Vinkman. It's Joe Green. Time to get back on the box. Start the music. Welcome to All My Box. I'm Joe Green. The podcast where I get in my soapbox and I talk about things that are near and dear to my heart. And what's near and dear to my heart? Comic book movies, comic books, action movies, sci-fi movies, and all the other good nerd stuff. So this is the 50th episode. Now, if you're a subscriber, you would know that we already celebrated the 50th published episode. That's because Buzzsprout counts the trailers and the promos as episodes. But this is episode 50. So when you're reading your comic books and you get the 50th double size special edition, this is that special supersized double edition episode. And to celebrate this 50th episode, this milestone, I'm going to talk about two of my favorite movies of all time. And these two movies are near and dear to my heart. They have gotten me through bad days, bad times. They've uplifted me when I needed a spark. And they are The Empire Strikes Back and Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. Now, in the past, I've compared movies like The Man of Steel to Superman and Batman to The Dark Knight. So I decided to take the best Star Wars movie and compare it to the best Star Trek movie. Don't fucking debate me on this. Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan is the best Star Trek movie. We can save that for a debate another day, but you're going to lose. Nothing beats The Wrath of Khan. So before I get started, I want to give thanks to people that support this podcast. Austin Green, the young graphic artist who has designed a logo for this podcast. Hero Talk, Dynasty Builders. If you need a logo, you can find this stuff at agreen.designs. It's my man Bobby Warden. He's hooked us up with all kinds of cool Hero Talk merch. You can find him at Two Veterans Online. And Dave Whalen, support your indie comics at Correct Handed Comics. So instead of doing some episode where I had guest stars and guest appearances or something crazy. I just want to get in a soapbox by myself and compare these two movies. Like I said, they are near and dear to my heart. They got me through good times and bad times. In life, there are three movies that have gotten me through the dark days, and these are two of them. The impact of these movies to their franchise is monumental. The fact that you have the two best sci-fi franchises, Star Wars versus Star Trek, It's the best of the best versus the best of the best. I would honestly think that the Star Wars, Star Trek rivalry began with the Wrath of Khan because that's what put Star Trek into the movies. The rivalry between Star Wars fans and Star Trek fans is epic. It was documented in the movie Fanboys. (laughs) I've said it many times. One of the reasons me and Steve, Mr. Hero Talk, became friends is because we both like Star Trek and Star Wars, where I first met him, could smell a, a nerd amongst us. And we started talking and I asked him, so Marvel or DC? And he's like, I like both. Like, huh, I like both too. I was like, Star Trek or Star Wars? He's like, I like both. I'm like, oh my God, I like two. I think we just became best friends. <laughs> so I know I've told that story before. But the rivalry between Star Wars and Star Trek is deep. When I was in the Navy, I stood watch and two of my watchstanders actually had a full argument for the entire watch on which one was better, Star Trek or Star Wars. Big shout out to Damian Landreth and Victor Martinez, the two guys that argued shit right out of the fucking movie fanboys. I mean, I've had hardcore Star Wars fans like my man Johnny Hesch fight Lord of the Rings fans, just like in Clerks 2. But the bottom line is the rivalry between Star Wars and Star Trek is deep. So why not take 
the best Star Wars movie, which is Empire Strikes Back. And if you go back and listen to that last episode, I, that's what I said. And take the best Star Trek movie, The Wrath of Khan, and put them head to head. Now, Empire Strikes Back came out first in 1980. It was a sequel to Star Wars. And it's regarded as one of those movies where the sequel is better than the original. Like Superman 2, Godfather 2. So there's a lot of high expectation of Empire Strikes Back, and it delivered. And then you had the fantastic ending when you learned that Darth Vader was Luke's father. Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan also had the same impact to its franchise, because the first movie, Star Trek The Motion Picture, was not good. It was boring. It was exactly what Gene Roddenberry wanted. But that type of story doesn't translate well to a successful franchise. So you come back with The Wrath of Khan, and boom, you got a fucking hit. Just like Empire Strikes Back, The Wrath of Khan is regarded as one of those sequels that is better than the original. The Wrath of Khan is so impactful in the Star Trek franchise that they brought Nicholas Myers, the director, back to direct Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, because at that time they needed a hit and they wanted to go out with a bang. J.J. tried to do a reboot of The Wrath of Khan by using Doctor Strange to be Khan in an Into Darkness movie, which didn't work. But I would say that the death seed of Kirk dying was much better than William Shatner's death in Generations. <laughs> Wrath of Khan introduced us to my favorite Star Trek uniforms, the Red Federation uniforms. I would say that was the first time that everybody's uniform, but I think everybody wore the same craptastic uniforms in Star Trek The Motion Picture. But those red uniforms are fucking boss. They're so boss that the Federation used them all the way to like Enterprise C. <laughs> those red uniforms were iconic from Star Trek 2. The Wrath of Khan also introduced us to the no-win scenario, the Kubayashi Maru. In life, if I hit the no-win scenario, that's the Kubayashi Maru. And the Wrath of Khan also introduced new characters, like Lieutenant Savick. Hell, it introduced Christy Alley to the world, even though she was replaced <laughs> the next episode. It was a total game-changer for Star Trek and for sci-fi. And Empire Strikes Back, it introduced new things. Hell, it introduced black guys to a galaxy far, far away, you know, Lando. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back also introduced us to Super Star Destroyers and is one of only four Star Wars movies which doesn't feature the fucking Death Star. I love the Death Star, but of all 11 Star Wars movies, there's only four movies that don't feature the Death Star. That's The Phantom Menace, Empire Strikes Back, Last Jedi, and Solo. If you go back and think about it, somehow the Death Star appears in every fucking movie. And Empire Strikes Back, it introduced new things. It had the new toys that they had to incorporate, the Imperial Walkers and those speeders and Hoth. Lucas always got to get his money off the toys. But it's the first time you got a little glimpse of Darth Vader without his mask. That's how good the Empire Strikes Back is by introducing new shit. All right, so Khan versus the Empire. <laughs> Which one stands supreme above the other? Wrath of Khan is the best Star Trek movie of all the Star Trek movies. Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie amongst them. Unfortunately, it looks like these two franchises, they peaked out on their sequels. <laughs> Wrath of Khan is Star Trek 2. It's the second one. Empire Strikes Back, even though it's episode 5, it's the second Star Wars movie. When I was growing up, that was Star Wars Part 2, Empire Strikes Back. Now it's episode 5. So Wrath of Khan, that came out June 4th, 1982. Empire Strikes Back came out May 17th, 1980. Wrath of Khan was directed by Nicholas Meyer. Empire Strikes Back was directed by Irvin Kirshner. What I'll do is I'll go through a couple little topics I got written out here. We'll compare the two. I'll talk about my experiences with these movies. In the end, we'll determine which one reigns supreme. As a kid, my cousin Daryl took me to see Empire Strikes Back. If you listen to the previous episode of Skywalker Sock, you know that Empire Strikes Back blew my mind. The funny story with Wrath of Khan is Uncle David took me and my cousin Rodney to see Wrath of Khan. And we got there kind of late. So if you know Wrath of Khan, when we got there, 
the Enterprise goes into warp speed. He's like, oh, wow. Like, we were so amazed by watching it go into warp speed. Not realizing that we missed probably like the first 20 minutes of the movie because when the Enterprise goes into warp speed, that's when Kirk takes command of the ship to take down Khan. The first time I really, really watched The Wrath of Khan was with my cousin Florence. Growing up in the Bronx, lived in a multifamily house. Uh, my family, the Joseph family, lived on the upstairs. My cousins, the Boldens, lived in the first floor. Then my cousin Florence, she was the oldest uh, of the Boldens, so she lived down in the basement. I'd always go down to Florence's room, which was like an apartment, and she had all the movies, the Star Trek movies and Kung Fu movies. I'd watch uh, Enter the Dragon all the time. But that's where I saw Star Trek The Motion Picture, which is boring as fuck. Oh, man, I hated that movie. And then that's when I finally saw the whole Wrath of Khan. Didn't see the full Wrath of Khan in the movie theater, but still, as a kid, it blew my mind. So let's start comparing. The hero of the movies. Wrath of Khan, we gotta say the hero is Admiral James T. Kirk. In Empire Strikes Back, we gotta say the hero is Luke Skywalker. So who's a better hero? Luke Skywalker in Empire Strikes Back or James T. Kirk? I mean, is that... <laughs> like, unfortunately, that's not fair. Because in Wrath of Khan, you have a seasoned admiral at the helm of the bridge that will do anything to win and survive. And in Empire Strikes Back, we still got this whiny little brat farm boy. You know, he's a rebel leader now. He has some clout within the rebellion. He's the leader of Road Squadron before uh, Wedge took over. But he's in the swamp training with Yoda, just crying and whining. I can't do it, you know. And then he goes to fight Darth Vader and gets his ass handed to him. Kirk. <laughs> Kirk takes a, a pounding from Khan in the beginning when they meet the Reliant for the first time. But uses his wits to survive and then lures Khan into the Mutara Nebula to outduel him in a ship battle. Wrath of Khan is James Kirk at his finest. Like you see him in command. You see why he is the best at what he does. You know, like he tells Savage, it's not about knowing rules and regulations, knowing why we have things and why they work. I've actually used that in the Navy. Luke in Empire Strikes Back is just, he's not there. Now let's say we put James Kirk versus Luke Skywalker in a one-on-one fight. Who do you think is going to win? It's obviously Kirk's going to whoop his ass, man. <laughs> James Kirk was like 70 fighting generations, hand-to-hand combat. Luke is barely having problems picking up rocks and shit with the Force. You can't tell me Kirk's going to whoop his ass. I watch a young Kirk beat up Khan and fighting arenas and stuff like that. So if it came to a one-on-one battle, even if Luke's had his lightsaber, my money's on James Kirk, Admiral James T. Kirk. Nah, for real. The better hero is Kirk. I've said it to people when I talk about the Wrath of Khan. Like, people always make fun of Will Shatner and the Kirkisms. But you watch that movie, William Shatner acts his fucking ass off. You really feel a middle-aged Kirk dealing with his middle-aged crisis. You know, he wants to be a captain of a starship, but he's an admiral doing inspections. And he's bored in life. And then you find out that he has a son. And Khan is out there to kill him. Like, there's just so much going on. But in the middle of everything, he's in control of everything. And in the end, he deals with the loss of his best friend. And you see so much emotion. You see Kirk at his finest, his cockiness. You see him when he's down and you see him when he's hurt. You just get a full feel of the character. It's probably like the only time you really get a true feeling of who Kirk is portrayed by William Shatner. Because I think we got a better Kirk with Christopher Pine, the more emotional. Got to feel who he was. But Wrath of Khan... That's it. That's the best Kirk you'll see. And I said that in, in our Hero Talk episode way back when we did the Star Trek episode with the good old Rob Curriam. Luke is the hero, but he's not the hero yet. So with a hero, you have to have a villain. And usually the villain makes the movie. The villain, Wrath of Khan, I mean, it's his fucking movie. It's called Wrath of Khan. 
Khan Nunsi, played by Ricardo Monteblanc. Nicholas Myers took the episode of Space Seed and brought Khan back and Ricardo Monteblanc. And like people always joke that, oh, you know, they want to give him a chess piece. And he's like, nah, I don't need no chess piece. Like that, that's all him. As an older gentleman, he was still buff and shit. You know, he was still the, the superior intellect, the superior man. The villain of Empire Strikes Back is Darth Vader. Heck, John Williams comes up with Vader's theme, the Imperial March. Of all the Star Wars movies, shoot, Vader in that movie is is no joke. <laughs> Choking out admirals and c- captains. The most people Vader killed in, in one scene is Rogue One. But this movie elevated Vader from Tarkin's puppet bitch, it seemed, in Star Wars, to being like the Lord of the Empire. He had his, his Super Star Destroyer, which was ten times bigger than any Star Destroyer. He's feared. He's on a warpath trying to find Luke. You know, his quest to find Luke is not as deep, it's not better than Khan's quest for revenge against James T. Kirk, the man that marooned him on SETI Alpha 5. The interaction between Kirk and Khan, when Kirk is down on the planet, Khan tells him, I'll leave you like he left her, buried alive, buried alive. Khan is the better villain than Darth Vader. And I know I've said this because way back in season one of All My Box, I had Khan as one of my top five villains of all time, and I left Darth Vader out because eventually George Lucas destroyed Darth Vader. (laughs) They're still the superior villains, but this is Khan's movie. Like I said, it's called The Wrath of Khan. It's not Darth Vader strikes back, it's the Empire as a whole strikes back. But Vader is the key to the Empire, basically kicking the Rebels' ass across the galaxy throughout this entire movie. But damn, Khan is such a better villain. He's one of the best villains ever. I know Vader is one of the most iconic villains, but hey, his history in the prequels just totally ruins it. I don't care what anybody says. Prequels ruin Vader. Khan, from beginning to end, is just top flight. <laughs> Hero and villain, gotta give it to Wrath of Khan. Even though Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader are the more iconic movie heroes and villains, it's just, as far as telling the story, Khan is much better. Let's say, go back and listen to that episode, because I'm not going to go back and, and tell you about all the things Khan did and quoting Moby Dick and stuff like that, but definitely their dynamic, Khan and Kirk, is much better than Luke and Vader. Now I've just got some little random topics to throw your way. Musical score for the Wrath of Khan was done by James Horner. And the musical score in The Empire Strikes Back was done by John Williams. I mean, that's no contest. John Williams, hands down, the score for Empire Strikes Back is the shit. I just said it in a previous episode. It gave birth to the Imperial March. If I become president one day, I'm changing hell to the chief to the Imperial March. Like, <laughs> that's how dope it is. Like, I learned how to play it on the keyboard. John Williams, hands down, can't beat the musical score. The score in Wrath of Khan is very different from Star Trek. The terrifying theme of Khan, you know, like it was terrifying. The score catered to the character, but Empire Strikes Back. It's the Imperial March. Nothing's going to beat that. Who knows? Maybe someday we could debate the best movie theme. I'll tell you that nothing's going to beat the Imperial March. So (laughs) I'm just biased on that. That's that. The plot, I'm going to say similar in Wrath of Khan is it's revenge. Khan wants his revenge against James Kirk. Empire Strikes Back, it's just the Empire salty about the Death Star getting blown up and trying to kick the Rebels' ass. Kind of got a feel of, of the Empire being the bad guys, but really all through Star Wars, you don't really get the feel the Empire is really, really that bad. You know, they're the bad guys, but they don't do bad shit. Khan does bad shit. Put that thing in Chekhov's and, and Captain Terrell's ear, hunted Kirk down, and plot of revenge versus uh, Rebels on the Run. I know, the revenge thing I think was a little better because then they incorporated Moby Dick into it. I'd give the plot to Wrath of Khan over Empire Strikes Back. So a wonderful funny note that I put in. Each movie added him like a new random black guy. <laughs> in Wrath of Khan, we had Paul Winfield play Captain Terrell. And in Empire Strikes Back, we got Billy D. Williams playing Lando. 
So who wins that? Come on, it's Billy D. Code 45 works every time. <laughs> Captain Terrell, he didn't get out this movie alive. They put that little thing in his ear and he went insane and killed himself. Lando, shit. Not only did he betray his best friend, took his ship and his clothes and went to save the day and became a general in the rebellion. Lando wins that hands down. <laughs> We had creepy little creatures in here. We had the, the bugs in the ear. That was nasty, man. That weird, I don't know what that was in the sand with the pinchers and stuff. And Khan put the little slugs out and put them in Chekhov's ear and, and, and Terrell's ear. Oh, man, that, that shit grossed me out. The weird creatures in, in Empire Strike Back. We had that big worm and the asteroid and, and the snowman. Again, I got to go with Wrath of Khan. Bugs in the ear, they win that. We had great scenes throughout both movies. I would say the pinnacle of... Wrath of Khan is the final battle in the Mutara Nebula. Kirk versus Khan. Kirk baits him into the Mutara Nebula. You have no shields, no short-range scanners. As Spock would say, sauce for the goose, Mr. Savick. The odds are even. That whole scene just shows you why Kirk is one of the best commanders in Star Trek history. Spock gives him the analysis, you know, he's thinking two-dimensional, so Kirk's like a boom, base three-dimensional. Go on the Z-plane, come back from behind, and, and, and blow this motherfucker out the sky. That whole scene in the Mutar Nebula in Wrath of Khan is intense from the, the back and forth battle to the end, the no-win scenario with Khan unleashing the Genesis wave and Kirk trying to escape and can't escape because he has no warp drive. And then the sacrifice of Spock and they get out of there in time. You know, it's super intense. The cool space battle scene in Empire Strikes Back is Solo in the asteroid field. It shows you why Solo is the best at what he does. You know, he knows some maneuvers, hell, but shit. Yeah, that guy went through an asteroid field. I'd put him up against Jim Kirk, Captain the Captain, Enterprise versus Millennium Falcon. That's the real tactical space battle you, you'd want to see. Captain Solo versus Admiral Kirk. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars is more of a fast-paced type movie, and, and Star Trek is supposed to be more exploratory, scientific type shit. So you'd have to give the Millennium Falcon asteroid field battle versus the technical battle of the Matar Nebula. It's just me as, as a fan of James Kirk, it just shows how good he is. And as a fan of Han Solo, my favorite Star Wars character, it also shows how great he is at what he does. So that I'm going to call a push. Now, when watching these movies, they both had big shocking revealing moments. Even with finding out that Kirk has a son and Spock dying, nothing beats the reveal that Darth Vader is Luke's father. I mean, that's Again, one of the most shocking movie moments ever. <laughs> Nothing beats that. And I talked about that last episode. But I think it's kind of cool that it kind of had like death moments and <laughs> paternal <laughs> moments in, in both movies. So you have Spock's death. And I say the death moment in Empire Strikes Back is Solo going into the Carbonite, which is my favorite scene of the entire movie of Empire Strikes Back. You know, he's there, he's tied up with Leia, and finally she goes to kiss him, and I love you. And he responds back, I know, greatest line ever. And then the score with him going into the Carbonite, and you don't know if he's going to survive it. It's just very intense. The Spock death in Wrath of Khan? Phew! That's iconic. As a kid, because I never watched the original series, so I didn't really have an attachment to Spock, but Spock dying to people that were fans of the show, that's big, man. That's a major character dying. And just the whole interaction of one, how Spock saved the ship. That was his technique for the Kubayashi Maru. And then just the final scene between Kirk and Spock behind the glass. And then the funeral where Kirk gives the eulogy. Of all the souls I've encountered in my travels, his was the most human. Ah, oh, like you see the pain. You feel Kirk's pain. The death of his friend. Unbeatable. Vader's reveal to Luke. No, I am your father. Nothing beats that. Spock's death. Very, very impactful. Very important. Very, very deep. On a side note, it's just sad to say that like 
when they redid the Wrath of Khan and JJ's Star Trek Into Darkness and they swapped it around, Kirk dying and Spock on the other side of the glass. I'm not going to say that that death scene was better, but definitely Chris Pine's death was a hundred times better than William Shatner's death. (laughs) I've actually seen on YouTube people redo that scene in Star Trek Into Darkness, but with the Wrath of Khan score works out perfectly. Just same emotion watching Kirk die. It's just that the Spock death, man, I know many Star Trek fans can recite that line for line. Both of those movies had these iconic, impactful scenes at the end to just really like pop out, hit you one, two. I also think it's funny that, hey, we learned that Kirk is a daddy. (laughs) One of the greatest womanizers in in space and he only has one kid. Good on him. (laughs) You figure you have a green kid and a blue kid and I don't know, you know, just all the sex that Jim Kirk had in space and he just got Carol Marcus pregnant. (laughs) That's a great feat right there find out Kirk is a dad and him becoming David's father and reconciling and taking that leap at the end when him and David finally talk and David's like I'm proud to be your son like that's a moment that's a moment in time and and as a father like it's touching and Empire Strikes Back we find out that the the scariest guy in the galaxy is your hero's father (laughs) and that's not touching it's just terrifying (laughs) it's so terrifying because one your father cut off your hand and that's fucked up you're fighting and he cut off your hand and then he tells you he's your daddy oh of course Luke should be traumatized and should jump off to the bottom of the cloud city like yeah that, that, that fucks your head up and I remember as a kid that was like oh my god Darth Vader's his dad like oh it was scary Kirk being someone's dad, like, eh, makes sense. I just thought it was kind of funny that both of these movies have some type of paternal storyline with, with our main characters. And then they both have a death scene. Well, you know, <laughs> Solo doesn't die and Spock doesn't die because he comes back in Star Trek 3. So was the deaths worth it? Uh, I mean, the Carbonite scene, I still think it's the best scene there because we get the greatest response to your woman telling you, I love you. <laughs> I know. But uh, yeah, the Spock death. <laughs> Hands down, I think that wins. So in the end, the endings of both movies. Empire Strikes Back, it left you on a cliffhanger. I was like, that's it? That's how it ends? Like, the heroes don't save the day? They don't do this? Like, wow, it just left you, oh, I gotta see what happens next. It was a cliffhanger ending. So you know how you feel with a cliffhanger ending. Star Trek 2 doesn't really give you a cliffhanger ending. It gives you hope to a new beginning. I like to say, and I know I think Mr. Hero Talk agrees with me, that Star Trek 2 three and four that's kind of like the star trek trilogy like those three movies go hand in hand with a trilogy star trek 2 is the beginning of the story and you have a tragic death in the end star trek 3 that movie ends with the destruction enterprise you get spock back but there's so much unknown and then four is is the return home conclusion to this great journey that jim kirk began in the wrath of khan basically to get back command of his ship to live the life that he wanted to live Empire Strikes Back is the second act of a trilogy. It's the down part. In the second act, that's when they say the, the bad stuff happens and you recover in the third act. So the endings for these two movies, they're too different because Star Trek II is the beginning of the so-called Star Trek trilogy. And Empire Strikes Back is the middle story of the Star Wars trilogy. In conclusion, which one is better? Does it really matter? They're both fucking great. <laughs> Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan is the best Star Trek movie there is. And it sucked that franchise peaked that too. They've been other good movies. Three and four and six and First Contact. Good movies. But nothing beats The Wrath of Khan. Same with Empire Strikes Back. Nothing beats Empire Strikes Back. It's the best of the Skywalker saga. And I hate saying that Skywalker saga. 
the only movie in the Star Wars saga that I would compare to really being a good movie, it would be Rogue One. I guess I just need that tragic ending in Star Wars. The tragedy in the characters, because my other favorite Star Wars movie is Revenge of the Sith. I guess when bad things happen in the Star Wars universe, I feel good about <laughs> Those are the best movies. Bottom line is, they're both great. I love them both, and when I'm down and out, these were two of my go-to movies. I used to watch Wrath of Khan. Oof. Anytime I was down and out, I watched Wrath of Khan. And in the end, just like Jim Kirk, I just have that, that new life. Like, how do you feel? Like, I feel young. <laughs> I feel good. Yeah, that's the, the feeling I get. And Empire Strikes Back, because I'm a fan of the Empire and I'm a fan of the bad guys. I just watched that just to watch the Empire kick some rebel tail throughout <laughs> for, for a good hour and a half to two hours. <laughs> so that's my 50th episode comparison. It's just me rambling, just talking about some good stuff, that, some stuff that I like in these two movies. I don't think I said anything too shocking. <laughs> Like, I don't know. It's like Kirk would whoop Luke's ass. And, you know, honestly, I think Khan would beat Darth Vader's ass because he's the superior intellect. <laughs> All right, we'll save that. I don't know. Maybe I'll get like Brandon. We can do like super superhero battles and stuff like that. We'll come up with a new series and, and pit like Khan versus Darth Vader and see who would win in the battle. But until then, I thank you for listening. Hopefully you're a fan of the show and you subscribe and you got through all 50 episodes. Big shout out to my man DJ Threat. My number one fan, my number one supporter. Go listen to Behind the Mic Part 3 to understand that relationship. Also want to thank my man Dave Thor Brockman for also supporting this. Brandon, Kaylee, Steve, Hero Talk team, Henry, Peter, Mike, Nick, all the guys that appeared from the Fantasy Football League, Dave Whalen especially, my first guest, my cousin Bill, my superstar guest. There's just supposed to be a... Uh, some to pass the time in between Hero Talk, but 50 episodes later, it's just like my Navy career. I went in for four years. It came out 20 years later. So thank you, the listeners, for supporting this podcast. I'm doing what I can to, to make this better. Before I go, as usual, you can find me on Twitter at JWGreen4. You can find me on Facebook at JWGreen. You can find a podcast on Instagram at OnMyBox underscore podcast. Please follow. Please like, share. Please retweet. Tell your friends. <laughs> come back for another 50 episodes I thank you for supporting this podcast I love doing it and I got more episodes to follow so again I'm Joe Green it's on my box 50th episode I'm out before you go and get to your next podcast let me ask you did you ever think about doing your own podcast if so and you don't know where to start off with let me tell you I use Buzzsprout. It's very user-friendly. It's easy to get your audio downloaded. And the Buzzsprout team is passionate about helping you succeed. With Buzzsprout, you'll get a great-looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detail analytics to see how people are listening, and tools to promote your episodes. Buzzsprout will get your show listed in every major podcast platform so that you can get your message out to the world. So if you want to start a new podcast, just follow the link in the show notes. Let Budsprout know that we sent you. They'll give you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. So if I can do a podcast, you can do it too. And just remember, podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And Budsprout is the right partner to have to start your new podcast. So again, thanks for listening. I'm Joe Green, and I'll catch you next episode.